Welcome to the intersection of Black culture and horticulture with your girl, Cola B. Talking. And guess what, y'all? We black in the garden. You have arrived at the intersection of Black culture and horticulture with your girl, Cola B. Talking, hostess with the mostest of Black in the Garden. Welcome to Black in the Garden. I am your host, Cola B. Talking, a.k.a. the Foliage Freak, a.k.a. Cola B. Planting, a.k.a. the Wakandan Plant Lady. Let's get into it. If you were paying attention to the theme, we have a theme song. It slaps, by the way. But the music is slapping because of the talented Johnny Ill. Shout out to Ill Sounds, LLC. The link is in the episode notes. But if you were paying attention to the theme, then you would know that you're at the intersection of Black culture and horticulture. And on episodes like this, we really get to have fun with highlighting the botanical nature of a beloved Black cultural staple. But first, I want to welcome in our new soil cousins. If you are new, the soil connects us. So that's why we're soil cousins. We are also very inclusive in all who we endear to, and it is gender neutral. So we don't fuss around with what you are identifying as. We just care that you are here and you're connected to the soil. So that's what makes you a soil cousin. If you're new, welcome on in. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to make you stand up. Everybody going to look at you and be like, oh, look at the new soil cousin. It's a podcast, obviously. We couldn't do that anyway. But um, that was a Black church reference. If you know, you know. But if you are an OG soil cousin, that means you've been listening for a while. I would say at least two years. You know, let's put some qualifiers on that thing. In November of 2023, I don't know if you're listening in real time or if you're listening from the future, but in November of 2023, that will mark our fourth year of the Black in the Garden podcast being in existence. And uh, we'll figure out how to celebrate that. What's more important is that we are here now. And I'm glad that you are here with me. And I just want you to know we've been doing this for a while. We're not new to this. We true to this. And I hope that you are ready to receive the subject matter that we are getting into today, exploring Wakanda's botany and soil. That's right, Wakanda. That's right. We're talking about the Black Panther. We are unveiling the secrets beneath the vibranium with two soil cousins who you've heard here before, Nia, the Bloom Journey, and Derek, the Chocolate Botanist. You've heard them both. Once again, if you're an OG soil cousin, they are joining us to unpack quite a bit. Of course, you know I want to hear from you. I would love to hear your feedback on how the episode is resonating. The phone number is in the episode notes, but I'm going to tell you right now in case you're ready to type it on in. It's 833-819-3926. Text me and let me know more about your thoughts on our discussion because that is going to be very helpful. And if you are feeling it, then other ways that you can support the show or one other way in particular, we're not going to go down the whole list. But I'm very proud of this episode, really proud to have produced this episode, and you can support it 
by promoting this episode. A simple way to do that, especially on your socials, would be to share a screenshot of this episode's cover, whatever it is that you see when you are listening on the platform that you're listening on. There's too many platforms for me to name, but if you can share a screenshot with uh, your social media followers, that helps us to grow the show. That helps us to get the word out about how we're discussing such a cool theme. Oh my God, I've been so excited to share this with y'all for quite some time, actually. But yeah, we want you to help us get the word out by just sharing that on your social media platforms, all of them, once again. Too many for me to name right now, but you can also send a text message to your friends, family members, other people who you know who really love the Black Panther film or just Black Panther in general. That is such a helpful way to support and it's free and it only really just takes you probably like a few minutes to chime in and uh, talk about what you like about it, why it resonated with you. And, you know, that's love. Maybe even a love language if you're a podcaster like me. So we appreciate you doing that. If you've got your phone out, you can go ahead and text a link to this episode on whatever platform that you're listening to your friends and family members and coworkers. Those who you know are really into the Black Panther, they're going to be into this episode, whether they like plants or not. Because we're talking about a lot of the themes that came up in this movie from the botanical aspect. So can you tell I'm excited? I got a big announcement to share with y'all today. Huge milestone in the career of myself, Cola B. Talkin', the person who really likes to talk and does so for a living. You know, not just on the podcast, but I've spoken at universities by now. I've spoken at a few botanical gardens around the country. We're going to make it around the, the globe. We'll get there. But this opportunity puts me on a global stage that makes it so that I will be that much more likely to talk around the world because Soil Cousins, I'm doing a TED Talk. I am speaking at TEDx Jacksonville. Shout out to Do. If you know, you know. And those of us who are familiar with Duval County, aka Jacksonville, because it's all one county, I'm doing a TED Talk. What a milestone. What an accomplishment. Very excited to share that with you. I started my gardening journey, my plant journey, my plant awareness really began in Jacksonville. So this will be a full circle moment for the setting of my TED Talk to be in Jacksonville. The theme of the conference is human nature. When you see a TEDx speaker, you're actually seeing one of the several speakers that have been selected to be on that stage. So I am very excited and honored to be one who will be speaking at TEDx Jacksonville. The subject of my talk is finding purpose in the soil through the transformative power of plants. That sounds pretty deep, right? And as you can imagine, I'm working very hard to make sure that I bring it to life and make it engaging and 
just as good of a time as what you have come to appreciate in listening to the Black in the Garden podcast. So I'm just assuming by default that everyone who is tuned into the Black in the Garden podcast is going to be tuning in to my TED Talk, which will be taking place in October 2023. Shout out to your girl for working hard and making it so that I was able to be selected as a speaker for this occasion. And I am excited for you to hear it. So stay tuned for more details. I get to finally say thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Can't wait for that part. And there's actually a tie-in to what I'm discussing on this episode in consideration of the utopian nature of Wakanda. So before we get into the entire conversation about the botany of Wakanda, let's just unpack a little bit. So in Wakanda forever, now there's two black and, I was about to say black and the panther. (laughs) I know words. There are two installments of the Black Panther movie series. Shout out to Marvel. Marvel, first, for those of y'all who have a dialect difference, we're talking about Wakanda forever because as I watched that movie, maybe not even the first time, as I watched it for the second time, I saw it a bunch of times. I did go and see it twice in the theater. And I noticed, wow, the plant life is lush and... There are some themes here that I should pay attention to and potentially unpack on the podcast. The more I really took note, the more I really thought about it and and zoomed in on what was actually happening with the plants, I recognized how it's actually a very plant-centric world. Wakanda is, its power is literally extracted from a plant You might know Wakanda for its tech and culture, but if you're anything like me, being the host of the Black in the Garden podcast, then you did not miss a flora or a fauna, not one leaf, as it was so beautifully depicted in this very Black film. This episode was recorded around the time that the movie hit the small screen. That's when it came out on Disney+. Plus. So it's well overdue, but it's always timely for the culture. I mean, there's never really a bad time to talk about the botany of Wakanda. So that's just an editorial note, really, if anything. We discussed the heart-shaped herb, the magic of vibranium laced soil, and how it all ties into land ownership and Wakanda's hidden power. And it, it actually took me years, like way too long, like literally right up until before I recorded today, to realize that Shuri one of the main characters, the the pivotal character, was a botanist among her many talents. Go back and watch it again. It's worth watching it again. I feel like after hearing this, you're going to want to watch it again. Definitely utilize that text number and let me know if you notice just how plant-centric the Wakanda universe is. Because maybe you noticed that before me, but maybe you wasn't doing a podcast. So you didn't have the platform to put it out there in that way. But shout out to Shuri, the botanist. Okay, she did so much, but she was clearly a botanist. As I said, one of the movie's central elements is the heart-shaped herb. And that is what's responsible for the Black Panther's powers. Like, Black Panther, badass, undefeated, and... All that because of a plant. The heart-shaped herb symbolizes the essence of Wakanda, connecting its people to the land 
and the infusion of vibranium into the soil created a unique ecosystem. With those cinematically fabulous landscapes, this intertwining of vibranium, flora, and culture is critical to Wakanda's ability to thrive. Think about that. We're exploring the science behind Wakanda's botany. We're delving into theories like divergent evolution and the 3D printing of organisms because we saw that in the film. The idea of recreating the heart-shaped herb using Wakandan soil sparked some curiosity about the possibilities of urban gardening and enhanced agriculture. The mind could go in so many directions in consideration of just that alone. What if that was a real thing? We also discussed the concept of land ownership and secrecy as it plays a vital role in Wakanda's narrative. And this notion really resonates with the history of marginalized communities that have fought for ownership and are still fighting for ownership and control of their resources. So as we unpack Wakanda's botany and soil, it becomes quite evident that the movie brilliantly highlights real world issues. The heart-shaped herb is not just a fantastical element, it represents the empowerment and resilience of Black culture, like our ability to dance on the two and the four <laughs> and to season our food quite vigorously, okay? Just the culture of it all. While we regrettably may not possess Wakandan soil, the lessons that are conveyed in this film about the value of land and the potential of botany to connect us to our culture, they are undeniably universal. Shout out to Ethnobotany. So glad to have had this conversation with Derek, the chocolate botanist, who you know, if you've been paying attention, Derek is an ethnobotanist. Just wanted to highlight those points that are coming up in this conversation. And at this time, we're ready to get into it. Make sure you share it, help me promote it, have fun with it. And until next time, I want to wish y'all love, light, and soil. And I'm joined on this very special episode by two of my faves, Nia, the Bloom Journey, Derek, the Chocolate Botanist. But I want to let them tell you a little bit more about who they are. Nia? Oh, you got you had to call on me first. Come so, on you know. with the energy. I know you come See, I, with the energy. Listen, I, I am who I am, but I have also been known <laughs> as the Black Poison Ivy, a.k.a. the Calathea Killer, please do not come for me, a.k.a. Horticultural Hottie with the Body. That was my favorite because, you know, we'd be out here doing the thing. That's right. We're not going to hold you on this Calathea Killing thing. We, we just want to acknowledge we're bringing our it up. We're bringing it up. Okay, Derek. We're going to keep on going. See, I'm Derek Haynes with Chocolate Botanist, a.k.a. Sexual Chocolate, a.k.a. Chloe Bailey's Boo Thing. Okay, she don't know yet. A.k.a. The Play <laughs> Fair Warren. AKA, I don't got no more. Boom. Right. <laughs> I would say, AKA, we do love these hoes because they are hey. garden tools. <laughs> and, and to be honest, like the people said back in the day, I do got hoes in different area codes. True. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've scattered some about the country, you know, just in, in traveling and, you know, adventuring. So nothing wrong with that. But yes, you are joining. As you can see, a lively bunch. And uh, we can call this era Black in the Garden and Friends, whatever you want to do. So let's get into Wakanda Forever. 
specifically the botany of Wakanda. We've all seen it. We went to the movies. What an interesting theme to explore from that really legendary Marvel film that, of course, the Blacks love. How many times did y'all see it? You are a true answer or you want to be an expert? Yeah, your true answer. How many times have you seen all of them? Like the first and the second one all together. More than three times? Well, the first one I've seen a multitude of times, you know. Yes. I've seen a multitude of times. But Wakanda Mm. Forever, I've actually only seen once. I saw it pre-screening. I saw it pre-screening the Thursday before it hit theaters. And it hit Disney Plus, but I I haven't watched it on Disney Plus yet. I mean, I have it. I just haven't rewatched it. I gave a few extra coins to Disney Plus in anticipation that they were going to go ahead and deliver that for me. So I've seen it a few times since it hit Disney Plus and I went to the theaters twice. And as for both of them all together, I don't know if all that count is necessary. It was a lot. I think it's the tears I'm not I'm not ready for. I can't watch it because because the first when I went to the theater, I wasn't ready. And if you haven't seen it by now, spoiler alert, like in the first 10 seconds, I, I was bawling. I was like, why did you do yeah. it like that? Like the movie just started. I was, I was bawling actually more so when I watched it from the comfort of my home because I was just like, ooh, cool. I can really just like, like, you know, let my nose get all drippy and stuff. I did the ugly cry at the house. Um, Derek, no. what about you? <laughs> so let me tell y'all. Because, spoiler alert, I was team replace Chadwick. I was like, I don't know how this is going to, don't y'all judge me. I don't know how this is going to go because Chadwick looks phenomenal. And I will tell people that. But I also know we don't got many black heroes. But that's another, that's another topic for another day. Mm. So when it came to me seeing the first movie, I saw the first movie in a pre-screening. It was like a big to-do. I had on the, the African regalia and had hair colored. And then the next one I saw, I, then I actually saw it again in theaters. I saw it twice in theaters, then maybe three or four times at home because I wanted to really absorb every mm. bit of Wakanda. And then mm-hmm. the second one, I went basically two days apart, saw it twice in the theater. And mm. I can tell you, with the way that they did it, all the, the producers, the actors, the writers, everybody involved in that movie, I did, I did break a tear or two. Did you now? And and even at the end, I broke a tear or two, but it was phenomenal. So I'd say maybe both of them I've saw like maybe seven to ten times. Amen. That is that is dedication. I appreciate that. And Derek, um, so glad that you could be here for the opportunity to truly flex in the areas that you excel in, both in real world matters aka botany derek is an ethnobotanist in case you're just now catching up keep up but derek is also a would you say unofficial marvel expert like you you know about the universe i'd be following the stuff there's a lot of these youtube people i watch and i'll be i'll be listening i'll be watching because you know it's easier that way than buying the comic books i've been a comic nerd forever a blur. a blur. Shout out to Camille, the blur, uh, who Black was Black. on season one of Black <laughs> in the Garden. And of course, a good friend of ours by now. Wow. So you have been, you w- would you say since childhood, you have been very much absorbed in this universe? Very much. Oh, that is very perfect. Much. Okay. Because I'm like, where's the subject matter expert? I didn't want to have to import somebody I don't know 
this is perfect. So first we're going to get into a few observations about like what I was noticing botanically with the movie, which was really giving me life. And then we're specifically going to break down what all was going on with the heart shaped herb. I don't feel comfortable pronouncing the H just full disclosure. Do y'all pronounce herb. the H? No. You say herb. Who says herb? Herb. 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 I mean, herb. they said it in the movie, but you know, that's a whole different dialect. So herb. Herb. off of the top, I was noticing how beautifully the foliage that was in the natural outside, like landscapes of Wakanda was just very beautiful and very lush. We don't expect any less. We know that Wakanda is not a real African nation, but yeah. when yeah, it comes to, well, real <laughs> enough to the black people, let's just leave it at that. It is, it's real to black people, period. Howsoever, in the real country, I mean, I'm sorry, don't let me mess this up. Oh my God, I don't wanna sound unstudied. In the real continent of Africa, there's the most biodiversity in the world. Come on now, us plant lovers, we love us some biodiversity because that means we get all these cute little fancy houseplants that we like to have that the colonizers be going out and, and running out into the woods and, and coming back over here and capitalizing off of. But that's not what we're here to discuss. What would they, ooh, what would they do with that heart-shaped herb? Y'all remember that part in the movie? We're not going in chronological order. And if you haven't figured it out by now, absolute spoilers, absolute spoilers. So if you haven't seen it by now, we started at the top counting how many times we've seen it. So what you think this going to be? All right. Exactly. Do you remember the, the lady that was working with the, the, what is that, the colonizer's name, the white guy's name, or his role? Oh, I know who you're talking, talking about. about. I, I didn't see the name, he's the colonizer. Everybody knows who you're talking about. That is, yeah, that is basically his name for like she, the, she named him colonizer. Like she named she him did, colonizer. She that's did. all we remember. So his boss, this lady, who's also his ex-wife, right? Exactly. But I remember when she said that when he was like, well, what would y'all do if, if the United States had access to that kind of resource? And she was like, I dream about it every day. And I just didn't like the way that sounded. It just made me very uncomfortable. But, you know, worth noting because of the power of that resource. And it's also worth noting how it's not even symbolism. It's really kind of like a commentary on the truth of how the world is when it comes to what we know about how Africa as a whole, the continent, the resources there have been taken in ways, even humans, you know, especially humans, AKA transatlantic slave trade have been, I'm looking for the word. They basically right? pillaged all of our resources. And yes. the truth of the matter is what I loved about that part in the movie is that Marvel has this beautiful way. This is one of the reasons why I've always like really enjoyed the Marvel universe is mm -hmm. because it's very raw and very real. I feel like it's full of quote unquote woke white folk, you know, that <laughs> will tell it like it is all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that her saying that in that way was a head nod to the acknowledgement of like, yeah, um, forgive me for saying white devil, you know what I mean when I say it that way, that lust. And it's like, cause mm -hmm. it's a very real thing. And that's what happens when you come in and you say, oh, look what, how I can take advantage of this land, not just Africa, but pretty much the entirety of the world at this point, the way they just kind of dip into places and take whatever mm -hmm. they want. It's this opportunistic reality that there's like this, this deep seated evil passion of like, yes, this is what we would do. They didn't have to say it. They, in that one line, 
and you saw that passion, how she said, oh, I dream about it. That was a representation of the reality of how this works. Like, we're like, okay, head nod, we get it. This is why we have to protect this at all costs. But I got a, I got a lot of thoughts on uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, if, well, yes, I'm, I'm waiting yeah. to get to talk about this soil in Wakanda, because I have some thoughts and some questions that I think that perhaps oh, our body Derek might be able to touch on. And before we jump topics, because yes. I, I got to say this, Everett Ross, so that's the colonizer, and then his wife, Thank you. wife there you go. Valentina, they, which Valentina, spoiler alert, is a villain. Like, if you haven't seen it by now, if you're watching all the stuff, <sighs> she's she is a villain. Because she, oh. in the comic books, works with Hydra in the comics. So, again, for those of you who don't be paying attention, that's what's happening. But it, it literally gave that kind of duality of whiteness. So you have this one white man who is like, just they're doing their own thing. They don't bother nobody. Leave them black folk alone. And then you have these other white people, not even just Valentina, but the people who are like, we got to find this vibranium and we're going to make our own weapons and we're going to protect ourselves. And I dream of having this heart-shaped herb and all the soldiers and everything. So you have these mm-hmm. people who are like, I want to be like them. They're not yeah. going to give me what they got. And I want it and I demand it. And even the court scene, People are demanding vibranium. People are demanding medicines. People are demanding stuff that T'Challa, Chadwick, did promise. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you didn't work for this either. Even though it was promised to you, yeah. you're still trying to steal and get over because you manipulative and you evil. And your Europeanness is getting you closer to Satan than you know. Very much needed to be said. Yeah, I just wanted to start by indicating how much I appreciated the lushness of of all of the the foliage and the landscapes and all the beauty of it all. Also worth noting that funeral, the funeral scenes in those mossy woods. I was really living because I actually stand moss. I don't know if I really discussed that much on the podcast, actually, but I'm a huge fan of mossy. But uh, yeah, that was the juxtaposition of the dark, rich, mossy backdrop and they're wearing those white garments. Shout out to Ruth E. Carter. She did the costuming for the movie. Black woman, of course. Flawless. Nia, I know you wanted one of them dresses. <laughs> really did. The because you know oh Black folks love us the white party, baby. So yes. just one of them dresses. Okay. It would come out when it's time for us to step out, but that's not what we're here to discuss. So getting into the botany of it all. And I will admit this, we're just taking a little bit of a detour before we dive all the way into the heart-shaped herb. Y'all, the soil of Wakanda, you just mentioned that, right, Nia? Yeah, because this is, because this is, has run through my head quite a bit because even when she was trying to recreate it and all those other thoughts, Prior to this movie, there were a lot of theories behind, like, did Killmonger, like, actually destroy, like, all of the hardship? Or is it now just extinct because he burned down this this one supply? Like, does it not exist any place else in Wakanda, right? Like, that was, a lot of people question, like, well, and this is all, like, from, like Derek mentioned, like, YouTube theory, right? This concept that when the meteor hits, that a dust layer of vibranium like covered for like miles, a certain level of surface across Wakanda, this is going to impact not just one little area where the where the vibranium was kind of like concentrated, but also I imagine all of the botany of the area. Because they talked about how mm-hmm. vibranium is even, 
again, it's, it's always so interesting to me, like how far these theories go, um, because I haven't read the comics. I've only watched the movies. And so I'm just like, oh, is that what happened in the comics? So the comics, when you read the book, it gives you all the extra little back information that didn't make it into the movie. So like, yeah, the vibranium, it's, it's even in their bloodstream. It's, it's, it runs in their veins. And I'm like, the Wakandans, I'm like, well, that makes sense. Because if a dust layer of vibranium coated the entire area and that got into the soil, that's naturally going to impact the way that food grows. So if you yes. eat said food, now it's going to go into your system. And I'm like, oh, all of this makes so much sense. So then I was like really thinking to myself, like, why was it that it took for Judy to get the that ban, right? Because because it wasn't until she got this little piece and had this click, like, oh wait, there's vibranium in this this gift that was given to me. Let me let me try this 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 fiber and put that here. I'm like, don't y'all have like vibranium in substances all over Wakanda? You had to get this little piece of something from underneath the ocean to be able to recreate this herb, like, ma'am. Yeah. Derek, please. Derek, please. These are my these are the questions I have. <laughs> <laughs> Let me start with this. There's a concept called divergent evolution, right? Or convergent mm. evolution. There's a, but there's a theory where basically different animals can develop similar techniques to survive, or different plants, different organisms can develop different techniques to survive. So like bats and flies and some roaches can fly, right? But they are not necessarily directly related, right? So like a True. flying squirrel, sugar gliders, but again, they're not like necessarily related. And I think that's the, the biggest thing when it comes to considering why would she need that plant? In addition to with evolution and that theory of trying to survive, if you have two different types of plant life that were subjected to the same type of environment, and the basic environment is, there's vibranium in the soil, and that's going to do something. That's, I think that's why she needed that sample. And I think they even kind of lightly hinted to it in the movie. You needed something genetically similar. So mm -hmm. that way you actually make your heart-shaped herb. Now, in my mind, if y'all are so advanced, y'all should have already had the genetics listed down. That's true. And everything wrote off, but they had to have a way to make it dramatic to explain T'Challa Chadwick not being yes. there. So I left that alone. But that is why they needed it. You have two plants that were subjected to similar conditions and that gave similar results. A plant that can impact the physiology of a person. Mm -hmm. Right? One person, one will make you a little stronger, you're a little tougher, you got better reflexes, you know. And the other... Spinach. Still spinach. Yeah, like Popeye spinach. <laughs> the fun fact, the reason Papa ate spinach is there was like a misprint in an ad a long time ago, and it misprinted how much iron was actually in spinach. So that's mm. why they ended up using it, because they thought it would just make you so strong, but it was like a misprint that led to Papa eating spinach. But going back to um, Wakanda forever, okay. it's, it's again a thing where it's like you, you have two different plants that are causing two different results, and Shuri knew enough about her plant that that heart-shaped herbs to say okay i can fill in the pieces genetically mm -hmm. from that and then 3d print this actual organism and 3d printing of organisms is something i have seen that has been referenced out of three as far as like 3d printing meat so we can like stop all these cows messing up the atmosphere really? 3d printing of of different maybe even organs right so that way if you don't have a donor 
you can have a perfect or that organ that is basically yours so that way it'll be accepted into your body so it's not nothing that's necessarily like they completely made up but it is on the horizon i'll say from what i've seen i don't know how far it's gone because i haven't gone too deep to see if anybody's actually doing it but it has been something i've seen in the news and on social media a little bit more than i used to even prior to seeing this movie yeah wow. i have to do a little google searching myself because i was I was feeling a way about that 3D printing bit. I was like, you just 3D printing live organisms? Like, that yeah. was hard for me to wrap my head around. So I had to, like, yeah. do a little research myself because I'm thinking about, you know, well, if we're going by movie magic science standards, right? I'm thinking about Avatar. I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking stem cell research. I'm thinking, don't you have to grow these things? You just right. create it, like, in its full form. And is it is it living? Is it living in the way that, you know, like a cut flower is living out that's been pulled out the earth, or is it living in a way that if you were to plant it, it would continue to grow and, and carry on? Mm. Like I was, I was curious about about how that really works because when I think about like cut flowers, right? Like they're 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 living, they're surviving for a certain period mm. of time in your in your vase of water, but they're on their way out. I if I if I took my cut flowers and I put them in some dirt where they just root, likely not. So I was just curious about the way that okay, you could I could um, mm -hmm. have some lilies on my table right now. And I'm looking at them, I'm like, they're beautiful for what they are, but if someone three printed a lily flower, just the flower, like, okay, from that, uh, is this alive? Is this a living organism in such a way that we can recreate more and have a whole crop um, of this plant that they did in the movie? I feel like they could. I mean, I feel like it would be something that's possible. And I think it would, it's something that we may, we may see some point in our lifetime, but I think it would be something where you would need the technology to not only get the dna together because i feel like we can understand dna we can decode dna we could you know modify dna in such a way that we could get it to work but you would need some type of system that would literally take all that's needed to make an organism the carbon all the other little atoms and molecules and arrange it in the right way in the right such where again it could be living mm. for plants for fungi Again, for like processed meat, like steaks or something, or just ground beef, I feel like that would be possible more so than for an actual person or a dog. But again, it may come in the future. We can clone people. We can clone animals. It's not like in the movies where you clone somebody and they're just like, ah, I'm an adult. But cloning <laughs> is possible. But that level, That's I think, nice. is like, you know, we may see in our lifetime some starts of it or even like you know what when we long gone and people are listening to this 10 million years from now you know the people will be able to be like well hello to the future <laughs> if you're listening to this that far in the future i just want to say hello to the future okay um worth noting as well as we got we got deep into the science there there was some words that came up that are very sciencey for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what happens when you have a resident botanist on your podcast. And yeah, I'll brag. I feel like I'm one of the the few that has that. So, shout out to us. But I love the the ancestral connection here, and the nod to what's true about us as Black people that we sometimes may forget which is that herbs have always been a part of our culture for different purposes. Healing is certainly one of them. 
And so I love that the herb has those properties as well to be able to heal. And um, hmm. when it comes to the beads, was there any extract of the herb in the, what is it, Kamoyo beads? Because the beads are used to heal. I think it was just okay. the, the mastery of that metal, that, that yeah, vibranium. That vibranium. Mm-hmm, and, it, mm-hmm. and it just ties everything together. It affected the landscape. It impacted their society. It gave them protection. And I think this even goes deeper into a topic of how land can be a powerful thing and how mm-hmm. land and the earth to, of course, discourage us, the slave trade, the practices that have made it difficult for black and brown people to get land, to have land ownership, to keep land. But in their situation, they were able to be the wealthiest nation, mm. the most dangerous potentially outside of Shallow mm. Absolutely. And, and nobody even able knew. to have their land. Well, that's the only reason they're able to, to get to that point because no one knew. Because the reality is that what it what it gives black people is an opportunity to see what could have been possible if not countless of our attempts mm. at such civilizations not been burned to the ground. Because even with wow. redlining, even with segregation, it's like, all right, y'all don't want us in your space. We're cool with that. Y'all stay over there. We'll be over here. We'll build our own cities. We'll build our own businesses. And we'll just be over here and just build our own thing and mind our business. But the minute that they seen us starting to elevate a little bit, burned to the ground. So the only way that Wakanda yeah. was able to become Wakanda was because no one knew about it. Because it had that space oh. to evolve. The same thing with Telecom, them being, that's why they were so concerned about people knowing about their existence. Yeah. There was like this fear that's like, listen, we're living in peace down here and we're evolving and we're growing and we're doing all these things and we've only been able to do that for all these bajillions of years. I don't know how many years it was, but all this time because of that secrecy. That has what is what they were ran. us. You know, yeah, you, that, you know, you're you're oh, my God, I love that you brought that point up because uh, do you remember how the, the origin story for how they ended up in the ocean was they were driven off of their land. They were being treated terribly. And that was the only place that they knew that they could go. And and it was the same colonizers that was colonizing everywhere else with the same type of brutality. Unfortunately, it's not like. They were coming in with any kind of offer of peace or uh, equity or anything like that. It was very much, I like what y'all got. I'm taking all of this. And here go some of these illnesses that we got. Just killing in all of the various ways. And I could see the acting was very good, of course. But the pain was always apparent with Namor in remembering. Because, of course, he was around for it all. And remembering this is where we had to go to. Do you remember when he first was speaking to the queen, when he rolled up on him, <laughs> swam up on him? It was like, Rose oh, wow. Yeah, just this is so great that y'all have a place that is just for you and, and nobody comes in here and messes with y'all. The it was a little queen. jealousy, but not a bad jealousy. Mm-hmm. But I think it wasn't even jealousy. I think it was respect. Like, y'all have this land. The air is clean. This hasn't been touched by colonization. Mm. Like, this is because colonization has led to global pollution, like the, the smog and stuff. So that's yeah. kind of like, like a the deck. And he was able to wow. say, like, you know, I think he was respecting from one person of royalty to another. You got your thing. 
You got your land. This is beautiful. I got my underwater kingdom. You know, shame, it'd be a shame that something happened to your stuff because these, these white folks are sneaking and deaking where they don't need to be. Mm, that, wow. That is very real. Very, very real. Uh, I love that we were able to, as we were discussing the botany of Wakanda, also touching on the significance of the land ownership and yeah, that was a big driving force behind why the things happened. RIP to the queen. She died. All of that because he was very much like, we have to protect this. The Just the mere thought of anybody knowing about it and coming for them was like, absolutely not. We'll kill whoever needs to be killed in order to save the nation. And I mean... Definitely didn't want the the young queen to get killed. The the uh that brilliant mind of hers that came up with the uh robotics that she did. But yeah, he was willing to take her out. <laughs> but I'm so glad that that did not happen. Spoiler alert once again. But we've been off that. <laughs> been off of that. Riri was just a pawn again being mm-hmm. used by to to put pit brown people to get against each other. It's yeah. Black brilliance to try to root a black demise. It was crazy. Mm. So back to the soil. Okay. What do you reckon it would be like to have some of that good old Wakandan soil? Oh, God. Yeah. It would just, to me, it feels. The way your face lit up. <laughs> the hustler in me is just thinking about like like the way they can be <laughs> slinging fertilizer. You know what I mean? Because like people yeah. lock me up. I was at work the other day and somebody was like, I don't understand if you'll be out here buying dirt. There's all this dirt outside. I said, ma'am, ma'am, that is not not the same. You just gotta dig deep enough. I said, mm-mm, mm-mm. That's not that's we're not, not how placing that works. right. We're not placing a value on dirt. Because there's a difference between dirt and soil. Um, and this is a beginner tip, if you did not know. Dirt is dead. Soil is alive. As in it has millions of microorganisms living in it. And that is what helps the plants to grow as robustly as they do. And of course, this good old Wakandan soil got mm-hmm. microorganisms galore and vibranium. Y'all ain't getting no big bags. Y'all getting like little dime bags of, of soil. Y'all oh going to be a high demand, okay? Yeah, we going to be treating it on the corner. <laughs> you going to get this little bit. You going to get your little top dressing. You know, you ain't going to get a whole plant. Like, no. That is true. Like, yeah. Yeah. I need five for tea and I need five for tea. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Two for five. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I'm you. Just like, an I'm, ounce I'm is all you really need. Cause I think about like being, so I'm a, I'm a city person, right? So being in a city, a lot of folks, when it comes to growing anything, we're growing on windowsills, fire escapes, and these little small spaces. And so yeah. you don't, you don't eat a whole lot. You can grow all kinds of vegetables and you think to yourself, oh, I'm about to be like a whole warrior now. Cause mm. my peppers were grown with this special Wakandan fertilizer. The oh, wild market that stuff. Y'all not even ready for the wild market that like the, you know what I will say, though, and, and I will say this in closing. Uh, I'm just going to say it in closing because sometimes I'm real bad at wrapping it up. Black farmers deserve Wakandan soil. Amen. That's what I would do if I had Wakandan soil. Uh-oh, uh-oh, I was, about, I was no. about to get selfish and be like, oh, I will grow this and that. And I would just be flexing so hard. But no, I would take every bit of Wakandan soil that I could get 
and distribute it to Black farmers so that their land could flourish, their crops could flourish, and hopefully they would be able to keep that a secret because obviously as soon as the wrong people found out, then there's going to be problems. Listen, Derek, what would get, you do with yours? We get the dormology out there to protect the farmers. We oh, get our right. own dormology, and that way they stuff will stop being effed up. You get that stuff. Let me tell you, if I had some of it, I would figure out a way to just recreate it on my own to help other people. So, like, a real mm. short story. There's a farm out here in um, North Carolina, Lewisburg, First Fruits Farm, started by black man Jason Brown with his family. He has, like, 12 kids. I'm probably making that number real big, but he got a lot of kids on that farm. <laughs> and wife say they are phenomenal. And they have grown such beautiful vegetables. So the nonprofit I used to be on was like, we want this dirt. And they would try to save the dirt and main fandangle it and spread it out. And I'm like, instead of trying to just take their dirt, let's make our own better. So I would be like, I would love some more common soil because God knows I'm going to take that vibranium. I'm going to do some stuff with it. I'm about to be growing mm -hmm. this magical thing. But also, like, what can I do to improve my own soil where, you know, do I just need some vibranium flakes? Do I need, you know, a certain <laughs> you know, supplement or whatever? So my plants can be on that same level. Can I go there and learn what y'all do with y'all plants? Let me let me go to Wakanda hmm. and learn to be y'all's botanist and herbalist and agriculturalist and farmer and see how y'all making it work. I that way, right. once I do get it, I'm already set. In my mind, you are already the botanist of Wakanda. That's just how I see you. Okay, that's endearment. Uh, so <laughs> that's that's all we got for now as far as the botany of Wakanda. A good time. Uh, we could have gotten a lot deeper into some other theories, but potentially might tap in again and, and unpack it a little bit more. But for now, we hope that you enjoyed this really interesting conversation about the botany of Wakanda. And Soil Cousins, we will tap in with you again on the next episode. Until then, y'all let the people know how they can find you and keep up with y'all. Oh, I'm unfindable because I am. Uh, I'm out here hiding because I don't want the colonizers to come and disrupt oh. what I'm trying to grow for my legacy. No, I'm just. I'm just kidding. Um, y'all can find <laughs> me on the socials at the Bloom Journey. The journey continues, right? So it's just the Bloom Journey, and we're evolving out here. But that's how y'all find me. Y'all find me everywhere as the Bloom Journey. Facebook, Instagram. I be trying on the TikToks. I be trying, but we'll we'll see how that goes. It takes time. Appreciate that, Derek. Where can we find you? I am the Chocolate Botanist. If you go to the chocolatebotanist.com, that should link you to all my socials. Oh, I like that. That's efficient. Excellent. Well, everything that you need to know about me and them, by the way, is going to be listed in the episode notes. So until the next one, love, light, and soil. Peace. Bye.